in what I believe is an arena uh, on the seafront in Real. So if you hear any seagulls behind me, that is because there are seagulls here. Um, there's not many people around at this bit, thankfully. I've had to run away from the fun fair because I didn't want to hear children in the background screaming all the time. That would probably have ruined the podcast. Um, anyway, I'm, even though I'm in Wales... The ice cream like that, John, surely in Real. Um, well, I haven't actually had one yet. I've just got it because the thing was I thought I'd get here, park up and then sort this out. But unfortunately, we parked in an underground car park. So um, I've, had, <laughs> I've had a bit of a nightmare. So anyway, we're here now. And even though I've been away, I've been keeping an eye on, on what's been going on back at home. And uh, Matt, we'll start with uh, where you were last night. I've read reports saying it was an absolute thriller, but the scoreline read Margate nil, Tunbridge Angels nil. So was it a good game? Um, I wouldn't say it was the greatest game I've ever seen. Margate against Tunbridge. Margate started pretty well. They've got a short, with a 3G pitch now, it's a lot narrower than it was before. So it's quite interesting to see how they'll how they work that. So Dave Martin, particularly in the first half, caused the three or the wing back for uh, Tunbridge a few problems. So and they looked the better side, but he whipped a few balls in. But they've got nobody at the end to put the ball on the back of the net, really. No sort of a target man with... Um, Ember Marin being injured and done a seat to sit some nightclub, probably near you, I expect. In real, we could be there this week. Um, that point of view, Fanny Colin worked his socks off, but uh, he needs somebody up with him. So, and then, then Tumbridge came more into it in the second half. Steve McKim thought they should have had a penalty. So, I think they're overall speaking to both managers after the game. They'll both be delighted with the point, to be honest. Both two clean sheets on the spin. Um, yeah, it wasn't a classic, I didn't think. Whoever called it a thriller probably needs to get out of it more. <laughs> I, uh, I did see yesterday, though, Kate did, did confirm the news that we kind of all feared that Alex Fish is going to miss the whole season. And, and that's a blow. And, and I guess Steve Watt may be looking for reinforcements, having lost it. A, a key man. Yeah, they, um, Fish was there and he said he'd sort of wait for an operation, of course. Yeah, he's got a job outside football, which I think he's, it's a manual job, so he can't work for that, so we feel sorry for him there, but he's definitely out for the season. But Steve Watt said he would be um, using him, you know, around the camp as well, because he's, he's one of those characters to, to boost the boys up. Yeah, well, let's believe that Jordan Chadozzi will sign for uh, Margate, if not today, in the next couple of days. Um, he's been known, he went to Cambridge from, uh, from Concord, I think it was, into the league, didn't really work out, and a trial at Dover, been at... Um, Darford as well, sort of a, a pacey striker, so uh, not the target man they're probably looking for, but uh, it had a bit more width from that point of view, Jordan. So Jordan Sadozzi will be joining Margate soon, but fair play, I thought, for, for Tumbridge, they were pretty good, solid. Um, Sonny Miles, good player at that level as well. Um, Dan Thompson impressed for me up top as well, so yeah, that, I think overall, a draw was probably a, a fair result, but it, no, not real clear-cut chances. Margate hit the crossbar um, early on, but they, you know, they had a few chances, but uh, a cagey affair, but both sides, I think, will be OK this season at the right end of the table. Well, I mean, both home and Folkestone all sitting pretty on four points after two games, and a good start for all three of our teams in what I believe you've just sent me, the Devon Bostick League, is that correct? Yes, we find out the man who was the actor, Devon Bostick. He was in the programme for 100. Again, doesn't mean much to me, but apparently it was a was a popular programme. So the, in the Devon Bostick League, they both started, um, all started pretty well. Folkestone um, got a draw as well yesterday. So, um, yeah, I think all in all, and everybody, of course, everybody was laughing that Billy Ricky lost on Saturday, but they did win um, the last night uh, at, at um, Lowestoft, I think it was, wasn't it? So, yeah, but again, so that was, a, you know, they're off from money. But it's going to be a tight old league, of course. We only won going down. It'll be interesting to see how the league actually works out as well. Because if you're not going to get in the playoffs and you're not going to go down, maybe, you know, as the season goes on, it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. But all in all, a good 
the FA Cup is, is such a massive competition but so many people don't realise that it starts in August 
a lot of people think it starts in November. A lot of people may even think it starts in January. So it's great that all these lower league clubs have got that, or non-league clubs have got that sort of database there and all that information being put out about them. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, to, to enjoy on adding some value to those clubs. I mean, I'm a big fan of the non-league game as well. Uh, I go around to, to games uh, locally and I'm involved with uh, one of the town in the Oxfordshire area. So I'm a big fan of those uh, clubs and I, I know that they're, they're keen and desperate, if you like, to be on the same pages as those bigger clubs that you might see in the, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, so that's my thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, if I was if I was involved in the club, I would love uh, the fact that there's someone out there who's prepared to investigate what's going on in the history of my club and share it with me and with the rest of the world. And in our podcast so far, myself and Matt have talked about you know teams going on long runs. That, that there's a possibility that a team playing in the FA Cup this weekend could reach the first round, isn't there? Uh, definitely. I mean. Even one of one of your your clubs at uh, High Town proved that just a few years ago. Um, about seven years ago, they played in the extra premier round and made it all the way to the, the first round itself. Um, so it, it's proved that it can be done. And, and Westfields obviously uh, were, were full of cup joy last year and got all the attention from the from the uh, BBC for making it to the first round as well. So yes, dreams are there to be made. A cup run can be, can be massive, and you've you've seen these these non league teams that that have had these runs, and it makes such a difference to them to get so far, doesn't it? Oh yeah, I mean not not just on a publicity because of course that's great, but financially it's it's a big win. Uh, they can make a lot of money, and the money that Westfield's made last season will be invested back into their club. So any one of the clubs in this round you can you can go on a good run. It, it can add a lot of financial clout to the club and keep them uh, sustained for the next few years. Absolutely, and obviously a couple of clubs that, that we've, we've sort of focused on. Sheppey United, I mean, they've not got a long FA Cup history, but they've got a good a good game at home to Hastings this weekend. What can you tell us about them? Well, obviously, in this incarnation of Sheppey United, they're still still a, a very short history in the FA Cup. Uh, one of the only clubs uh, that uh, haven't gone beyond the extra premium round before this year, so it's good to see them. Um, obviously, previous incarnations of Sheffield United played old Hastings United in the Cup in the past. Uh, so there may be some people from both teams who, who are aware of those old fixtures. Absolutely. And, and I guess you've also, you, you've sort of looked up some of the other teams that that, that, that we've discussed. And, and I know, obviously, you mentioned Hive Town there, who reached the, um, reached the first round proper, what, seven years ago? Yes, he did, yes. Yeah, quite interesting. All, all, all of the, uh, the eight Kent-based clubs are all facing... Uh, clubs in the FA Cup that never met in the competition before. Uh, so that's, that's quite unusual at this stage when we get quite a lot of teams who've faced each other before. Um, you've got someone, uh, Tunbridge Wells, uh, they're hosting CB Hounslow United, uh, who happened to be at Colden Stadium just in the last round. So that's quite an unusual feat for a club to, to visit the same ground because they played Rustall uh, there in the last round. And obviously, you've got a team like the team Ramsgate as well. They had a, a very famous cup run 10 years ago now. They, they reached the first round proper. And, and Hanworth Villa for them. So, obviously, they've never played them before either. No, that's right, yeah. So, they're all, all meeting uh, opposition they've never seen. Uh, it's going to be a new experience for all. And, and obviously, you've got eight, eight Kent-based clubs there, all, all playing non-Kent-based other clubs. So, you've got a possibility of eight more Kent clubs into the uh, first qualifying round. And given that five of the eight ties... Uh, they are the higher league team. You've got a very good chance of that happening. 
Excellent. And I suppose, obviously, you know more than, more than I do, but is, is this the, the round where there's the most ties, or was that the last round? No, the extra premier round has the most ties. There was 185 in that this year, and there's 160 ties in the preliminary round. Things are going to change next season, though, because of the new structure of the, of the non-league pyramid. I'm not sure how, how the actual FA Cup's going to be impacted. Uh, there could be more ties uh, for the extra premier round, or they may find there's even less. So, uh, what's the space for that? And just finally, I've, I've seen before you on Twitter saying, you know, you're quite passionate about looking at ways to increase the number of non-league teams who do get through with a bit of a restructure. So what would you like to see happen? Well, I, I put forward a proposal last year uh, to, to suggest that the championship teams uh, enter the FA Cup in the second round instead of the third round along with the Premier League teams. And the knock-on effect of that is that it can open the door to many more non-league clubs getting into the first round proper and as a consequence opens the door for many more non-league clubs to take part in the competitions of. And I hope it's something that the FA look at as a way of keeping the uh, interest high. And th- th- this is the uh, area of the FA Cup where there's a lot of passion from the clubs involved. And it would be a shame if they change the structure so that it reduce the numbers. So I'm hoping that they're looking positive about the changes that are coming and can allow even more clubs to take part next year. Yeah, some interesting points there from Phil, I thought, Matt, and what, what you said there about the championship clubs going in the, in the second round rather than holding them back to the third round, that sounds like a cracking idea, doesn't it? I've never thought of it, doing it that way, because they're always trying to get the FA Cup, as I said to you before on the podcast, the FA Cup ends for me when the Kent sides get knocked out, because I've no real interest from that point of view. But again, if it, what he says is true, if the championship sides start in the second round and more non-league sides can come through, surely that is the answer, because... You have the BBC getting very excited about the non-league sides getting through. Fair play to the BBC, they are showing preliminary rounds, all the rounds on, online, up to the first round before it goes to the television. So the BBC are beginning this up from a competition's point of view. And I think to sparkle it a little bit more, I know the Premier League sides are not particularly interested. But again, if you had the chance that you get to the second round at a, at a club like Hyde when they got to the first round, they could draw Leeds in the second round. That even adds more spark to the cup competitions. What you want is the David against the um, Goliath. And I think he had a very good idea. I've, I've never seen that mentioned anywhere in the mainstream media, but I think it's got, definitely got legs. Absolutely. I, I think one of the other things as well is you say the BBC are backing off by showing the blue round size, but they've also got to back that up when it gets to the third round, though, because last year they showed Tottenham against Aston Villa on, on the Sunday game, and, and I didn't want to see that game. I, and I know, yeah, they, they look and see the viewing figures, they see Tottenham. You know, I know full well from my time in local papers that getting a big name in is all important, but people would rather watch the, the David and Goliath tie, the little clubs, they'd rather watch them than be watching basically Tottenham's reserves or Liverpool's reserves as the BT Sports show. You know, so so it's, it's got to be carried through, but the FA Cup this weekend is, is, is massive and, and uh, hopefully our teams can start a run. Yeah, exactly. You're looking at it from that point of view. I mentioned Deal Town and how important they've got Glebe this week. Again, Fabian needs to bounce back from that defeat against Rams. Going to go through in a tough time as well. So, and I mentioned Astridge United, but that's a poor start to the season. They've been used to winning football matches. They've got to go to Red Hill. So, and of course, close Rams game as well against Hamworth Villa. As he said in there, there is all new ties for our Kent side as well. They've played it before, so it should be quite an exciting thing. But we're going to get some sides through it. Of course, when we speak next on Monday, there will be the rival, the, Boston, the Devon Boston Premier League sides coming into this division as well, into the competition as well. So that could be a few more Kent sides in that as well. 
I think the thing is as well is, is another point that Phil made there was that you know a lot of these teams are, are they're going to be the famous because they are at the higher level. So your Ramsgates, your Ashfords, they they they're going to go into those sides as favourites and they're going to think that they've got a real chance of getting through. Right, yeah, yeah. With, with the with the three Kent sides in the in the Devon Boston, you, you can see that Ramsgate, of course, would love to draw Margate if they come into this the competition. And Ramsgate have worked really against some of these sides. I don't know much too much about. You mentioned the Sheffield United last week against Hastings United. That's a massive game, you know, for those people, for the Sheffield people who run in the club. How long they can get through? So, at the eight, you get nineteen hundred twenty-five pounds, which you mentioned before about the money, which would be an absolute godsend to some of these clubs. So, fingers crossed, we can have a few Kent sides. We're still waiting for one more. I don't know. Chatham beat Littlehampton against Eastbourne. That's I think they replaced the night again. I don't know why that didn't go ahead last week, but fingers crossed the, the chats can uh, get a result there as well. Yeah, I think it was all on pitch down there, and that, and, and that sort of hit them. And obviously there was there was still some replays last night. I know that um, Rochester United were beaten five 0 by Irith, and having a bit of a disappointing start in the, in the scaffold as well. And obviously very early days there, and the, the nature of these cup ties being rearranged has meant that not everyone's played twice at this point, and won't even have played twice by the weekend. But Crowborough have started strongly. Zach Atwood's name I keep seeing cropping up, and I mean he's a he's a cracking player on his day, so he's, he's going to cause a lot of problems at that level. But you know you've got teams like Canterbury. I think we both think Canterbury can do well. They had a good win at the weekend. They're playing tonight, so it's 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 important. Again, we've mentioned this before, but these teams need to get get a good start, get some momentum, don't they? Yeah, I think the problem is I think people complained about the FA Cup starting early. You have to start the FA Cup campaign before your league campaign. So if you go out the FA Cup, you, you deflate it straight away from that point of view. Then you probably find out you haven't got a game because the team you could be playing is in the FA Cup. So this is the problem with the FA Cup starting early and early. Teams can't get momentum. I think they'd rather have a couple of league games in the way before they start the cup because that gives them a bit more momentum in going forward into matches. So I think it's double-edged sword here to start the FA Cup a little bit too early. Could affect a few teams, you know. And again, at this level as well, you have people, players going on holidays as well. So you may miss a couple of players with holidays, married, weddings, etc. But that's the, that's the nature of the beast at this level. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Canterbury were very disappointed. They went out 2-0 to Sutton Common Rovers in the, in the first round of the FA Cup. And my source within the Canterbury City dressing room, who people probably know is Ian Portman, um, he said to me that they were really disappointed because they just didn't perform in the first game. But they were able to bounce back last Saturday, had a solid 3-1 win. And, you know, if they can pick up another three points in their second game and, and keep going, then that, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Just getting that start and, and keeping getting a winning run together and, and making sure that when the, the horrible times come round, the, the dark nights and then you're in a good position and, and it's not going to affect you too much. Yeah, uh, momentum is going. We are a game. We play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next month as well. So you're getting that games in your foot, in your boots as well, and those sort of things. So yeah, okay. Forget about if you've gone out the FA Cup, you can forget about it. But some of these teams will just be probably playing last night and we're thinking about that FA Cup game on Saturday because they know, you know, what it means to the club and to them for the future. Yeah, so we'll move on then to the conference room. It's been quite a long time since we've left it quite late to talk about this or the National League Premier Division. Um, there's only one place we can start with that, isn't it? Bromley 6, Leighton Orient 1. Let's say that again. Bromley 6, Leighton Orient 1. What a night that is for Bromley. A fantastic say. I mentioned Bromley last week when they played Dover. I thought they were a good solid side hit on the counter-attack pacey side. And I see the people who reports I've gone from that. That's what they did to Orient. Orient have done well. They're back-to-back winners at home against Solihull and Maidstone at the weekend. So they expected it. They've had, maybe they're probably fed up with the, the 3G service because the two away games have been on the 3G. But probably 6-1 six, six against Orient 
it shows how far Bromley have come as a club. Neil Smith has done a fantastic job. He's got a really good squad in there, pacey players. But Orient, you know, Orient had over a thousand fans there. You know, surely that's Orient can't get any lower than this, really. Six one to Bromley. If we probably look five years ago, there's probably goodness knows how many league positions between them. But Bromley have done well. Neil Smith's got a good side there. And if you look at the top end of the National League now. Top eight, top eight sides or southern base sides, so maybe a, it's a southern dynasty coming rather than the northwest dynasty in the Premier League. It's a it's a southern dynasty in the National League, but fair play to probably, and, uh, you know, they've got Hartley brought home on Saturday again. So momentum coming into that, it's this is what's so good about the National League. You got a boring on a Tuesday, Hartley brought home on a Saturday, so they probably can take that on. I'm beating in four games, and I'm sure Neil Smith is over the moon, but yeah, you won't have a better result than that. No, you won't. And I mean, obviously. Not far from them in the table is, is your boys Dover. Lost last Tuesday was a bit sort of all. You know, I'd be disappointed that obviously because they've beaten Hartlepool and they've got, but then they've gone and they've got two more good results this week. I mean, last night or Tuesday night, 87 minutes the on Then they took the lead, then they conceded, and then Toby shows you got boxed up with Gwyneth. And that, that spirit, Chris Kinney just gets those players fighting, doesn't it? Yeah, as I resolved on Saturday against Wrexham, I thought we defended really well, we've got some good characters. Uh, again, I can't say you, they've changed 90% of their squad, it's only two players, uh, regulars, Walker and, um, and Connor Essen from last season. And I think the crowds reacted to that because they can, they're never going to be on the players' back, they're giving 100%. Chris Kinnear, even when we say to Chris Kinnear, he gets sides organised. If you can get them organised into his working methods, that it works. And against Rexham, Rexham are tipped to be in the top five this season. You know, they didn't quite too many chances. David bullied them. Mitch Brundle's done really well in midfield. Jamie Allen did well. Ryan Bird, I was pretty critical of Bird last week against Bromley, but he, he got the goal. And last night, you know, when you won the five minutes to go, you punch in the air. But when they equalised, he's a little bit deflated, but showed the character of the side coming back again, scoring from a corner as well. We mentioned the previous week we couldn't hit a toughie from a corner. So Toby Show Silver, he's been patient, waiting a lobby. I was impressed with him against Bromley. I don't know how many goals he scored, but Yeah. 
He makes like a victory, and I think that'll give him confidence as well going into that. Tell me what, do you feel excited for Mexico? Because I've obviously done the drive from uh, Kent to North Wales this week. I've got to do it back home tomorrow. They've gone there, back, there, back. There's a good bit of fixture schedule in there from the National League, isn't there? Well, this is the thing with the game. They had Maidenhead on the Tuesday as well. Um, so then Maidenhead, Dover and Maidstone in their opening three away games. But it does seem strange that like Dover had to go to Halifax um, on, on, um, on yeah, last night. And they've got it. And I think Maidstone have got to go to Halifax on the Tuesday night as well. When you think this weekend, Maidenhead v Ebsley, it's a Saturday game. Surely that should be a midweek game. But it does seem strange for, for the, the National League to organise um, trips like this. But apparently... They used to do it by hand. The, the, the old secretary used to physically do fixtures by hand, but now it goes through the same computer that does the football league. And again, you can, sometimes you see the Plymouth have to go somewhere ridiculous on Boxing Day, so maybe the computer's not too sharpened up for the, the likes of the National League. But if you're in this league, you're playing against sides like that, so you've got to get on with it. And as Chris Kinnear said, you'd rather go to Halifax in August than you would do it deepest November. Absolutely true, and I think one of the things is that I certainly know in the football league they used to give teams a choice. You know, do you fancy this one on Tuesday night? And they, they sometimes would take the longer ones. But when you when you're part time, as a lot of these clubs are in the conference, these long trips don't make any sense. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, you mentioned briefly there, Emsley. They had two, three, three draws at the weekend, and quite a comeback against Dagenham, which another side who do well. And it seems it's going to be very entertaining watching the fleet at the very least this year. Yeah, I think it shows again, it shows the character of the side. I think that's 30 league games since they've lost them to sleep. So, again, they were 2 0 down, 3 2 down against Farmer at the weekend. Defensively, they've got problems. I think um, Kenny Clark's injured, Winfield's um, done, a, done his knee and he will be out to Christmas. And you've got Sam Magri, um, who's been playing centre half, he played full back, wing back for Dover. He's also going away with Malta, of course, in a couple of weeks, so he'll miss a couple of games. So, yeah, they, they, they've got defensive issues, they've got a good goalkeeper over there. Jamie Cool getting the right players in, how he wants them to work. I think the only the 
good thing about you is Eastbourne, they've been scoring goals on a clean sheet against Eastbourne, which will add to the confidence of that. But please for the darts under the way. Elliot Bradbrook, of course. Um, what can you say more about the man scoring the goals again? Talisman. That's a good result for them, I thought. And they've got Oxford City this weekend. So, four games gone unbeaten as well in the darts. And I think Dartford will be up there, but I see um, from that point of view. But Tony Berman, again, scoring goals. Maybe Pavey can be the man who's going to put the ball in the back of the net from on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the goal scorer is the big thing for Dartford. And it's all in a good Bradbrook always chipping in, but they do need someone to get them 25, don't they? Yeah, that, that's always been their concern, as I said, since the National League days, that they never had that sort of strike. Pavey, highly rated at Maystone. Bill will win a couple of games. Played National League for probably an order shot. Good target, man. Um, yeah, again, he needs to run in the side. He's quite friendly with Jack Parkinson, so I'm surprised he got released there, but maybe Jamie Cool's making decisions as best for the team rather than uh, friendships for that sort of, for the sort of thing. So, yep, yeah, uh, should go from there. Again, Oxford City. Another side who've got some decent players, but again, it's going to be a tight old league at that there. If you can get game, the good thing about Darth Lamb losing matches as well, so they've built up that momentum. Where are you this weekend then, Matt? Um, I'm a grabbing again for um, Dover against Barrow, so um, that's a bit for Barrow coming down there from that point of view. They're 13, they drew three with Sonny Hub, so hopefully Dover can get something from, from that again. It will be a Saturday. If they win that, that'll be Chris Kinnear's 100th league win in his second spell out of 205 games. So Chris Kinnear, he's got some critics in certain departments, but at this level, he's a good manager. And, He's doing a good job for David at the moment. I mean, that, that is superb. I mean, the, the, the job he's done at Dover as he approaches his 100th win is, is, is phenomenal. It, it, because I've, I've seen Dover a few times and, and sometimes as a neutral, they're a bit hard to love with the way they play football. They look a bit inflexible. But Kinnear just keeps getting results. He keeps finding those players. And, and the job that he's done, 100 wins in 205 games. I mean, that's a, that's a cracking record for a club, which at this level at least shouldn't be where they are. So hats off to yeah, 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 Chris Kinnear, yeah, he, 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 he does, he, you know, everybody, a lot of people concerned in the summer that he was going to struggle to get players in, but, he, you know, he's seen it, brought the t-shirt before, you, if you work into it in the way he wants, the method he wants to work, he can get you success, and we mentioned before, he can get football players out of this league and into the football league with bigger clubs, so, and that's, that's Dover's mantra at the moment, bring young players in and hopefully sell them on to league clubs. So, I might nip over the bridge and go and watch Sheffield United on Saturday. I mean, after having spent a week with me, I'm sure the missus will be quite glad to be have me out of her hair for a, an afternoon. So, um, I may go over and see how Sheffield United get against Hastings and, and, and a big time for them. Um, hopefully, get a big crowd in. And, and who knows at this stage of the competition? It's early days for Hastings in their season. Sheffield, they had a disappointing result last Saturday, but they, they had a 0 0 draw at Deal last night. A clean sheet. Um, Adam Heistead's their keeper. He's a good goalkeeper. I know him from his time at Ramsgate. Um, I wouldn't be surprised there's an upset over the bridge on Saturday. Yeah, actually there's lost a lot of players, of course. You know, Freddie Collin, the manager, went as well. So, um, from that point of view, I don't know where Alistair Hastings scored a lot of goals last season. Normally, if you're in the Devon Bostick South, everybody scores goals in that division. And Hastings, I think, got about 120-odd goals last season. I don't know if they've lost that with Collin and Stannard who've gone to Margate. So, yeah, why not? Why not Sheffield United? To, I think it's the furthest they've gone in the competition, isn't it? The guy said, so... Um, you know, first round, first first round quarterfinal will be absolutely fantastic for them. It's supposed to be 
I'm sure hopefully it had a bit of excitement to the crowd on that point of view. Excellent. Well, brilliant. Thanks as always for joining us, Matt. And uh, the wind is really getting up here and there's some, some uh, shall call them feral children running around screaming. Um, so we'll leave it there for now. And I've got, a, I've got the challenge of editing all this together. So hopefully it sounded all right. I know there have been concerns about the, uh, about the sound and stuff. But as always, if you want to get in touch with us, it's quite easy. We're on Twitter at KentNLPodcast. Um, you can email uh, johnphipps81 at outlook.com. Um, or you can follow me personally on Twitter at JohnPips81. Uh, Matt is on Twitter at Matthew underscore Gerard. If you're at Dover, I'm sure he'll be willing to uh, to entertain you for a few seconds, won't you, Matt? Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll do indeed. Yeah, I always like to see people come and say hello to from that point of view. And of course, you know, there may be but there may be more expensive podcasts out there, but not many people could say they've recorded a podcast on the seafront and real just before they go and have a, a nice uh, 99 ice cream, can they? So, yeah, we're... It's done on the budget, but it's done for the listener here on the Kent on Link non Link podcast. And I'm, well, as soon as I've ended the call with Matt, I am going to uh, take a picture of exactly where I'm sat, so you can all visualise this as you listen to it. So um, thanks very much for joining us. And, uh, one, one more thing, can I say something? We had an email from Simon Lone, didn't we? I used to go to school with a guy called Simon Lone. I don't know if he's the same guy, but we appreciate the comments and we will work on the, the, the quality of the calls. But, you know, we've both got other jobs and things to do. But um, at the moment, uh, appreciate everybody listening and... Uh, Please spread the word about the Kendall League podcast. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks a lot, Matt, and thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week.